0: Well, I want to say hello to everyone and thank you
1: for joining us for this, our first of our Advent chapels here at Asbury Theological Seminary. Um, We are worshiping online today and we are delighted that that means that so many of you could join us from so many different places. Um, Today, we are actually going to launch Advent with a conversation about Advent, its meaning and um, how we celebrate different aspects of it. So, want to introduce our conversation partners for today. Uh, Dr. Ellen Marmon is with us. She's a professor of Christian discipleship and the director of our doctor ministry program here at Asbury. Um, Dr. Jonathan Powers, who is an assistant professor of worship studies and at the tail end of a sabbatical. So that's why he looks so rested and um, also Reverend and almost Dr. D. Merricks, who is the pastor at Wilmore United Methodist Church here in town. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for joining. I'm just really glad that we could be together on the little bitty boxes of Zoom today and recording this for um, other folks as well. So um, I guess this morning we could start with the question uh, just in general What is Advent? Um, so many of us come from different backgrounds. Um, different um, churches, some celebrate Advent, some don't. And so, what is it and what are we talking about today when we say Advent?
2: That's, a, yeah, that's a really important question as we are in this season, right, of Advent. Basically, Advent, you know, if, if we're looking at it in terms of the word, the word comes from um, a, a Latin word, really, it just means coming, um, like a, a coming. And um, so we're focused on the coming of christ and there's two sides of that really um there there's looking backwards to christ's first coming and there's looking forwards to christ's second coming and both of these are are um they're in advent and the reason that we do that is because we're preparing for christmas right it's this it's it's kind of the pre-season um of christmas Mm -hmm. um and um and and we're looking towards that incarnation the feast of the incarnation on december 25th where we celebrate christ coming in human form um and but but in this time prior to that we're looking backwards in solidarity and remembering those who waited awaited the messiah waited the coming of the messiah that longed for the coming of the messiah um but we stand on the other side of advent of, of christmas i mean on the other side of the incarnation to where we're looking towards the second coming to say Christ has come and Christ will come again. And that's, that's that place that we're in. And so it's this season in the church calendar um, that is really a beginning and an end um, to the story of the, of the Christian narrative, a beginning and an end. It, it, it serves as that, you know, if we think of it as a circle, a circle really has no beginning or end, right? Um, you can't kind of, unless you put the little dot on it and draw an arrow at the other end. But, but a circle is, is ever continuing. And so that's the pattern that we live in as the church until Christ comes again, that we're continually walking through the story of Christ and his church. And we begin by looking towards his first coming and end by looking towards the second coming. If we're to tell the the narrative in full, Um, but Advent lets us do both at the same time. And so it keeps us in that circle because we're, we're living in both of those places at once. Um, and so I think you know, the, the importance of Advent then is that it's, um, it, it reminds us, uh, this, the, the scriptures we hear read, the Old Testament passages, the Psalms, remind us of a people who were longing for a Messiah, longing for someone to come rescue them from captivity, um, longing for someone to set them free, longing for a Redeemer. Um, And they knew that in certain ways, very real ways of injustice and oppression, um, but also uh, spiritually. And we stand um, here on on this side again, saying everything's not right in the world just yet. And there's still injustice. There's still oppression. And Christ has come, but we look for him to come again and to set all those things right. Um, The other thing that I think is important about Advent is it reminds us, um, that there are those in the world that still live as if the first advent never occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it moves us to evangelism in a way to say, um, let us not forget that there are those that still have not heard about the first coming of Christ or have not accepted it. And, um, and they are living as if that first one never came. And so that hope that we can stand here with as we look to the future and Christ's second coming, they do not yet have. And so we have that hope to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. And so Advent helps us live into that, again, as we prepare for Christmas, as we prepare to celebrate the incarnation and the revelation of Christ to the world at Epiphany, ultimately. But, um, but Advent is this time of preparation, of longing, anticipation, and waiting for Christ's coming. And, and that's where the name comes from and where it falls within our Christian narrative and our, our um, life as the church. Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. I I think I grew up knowing that we were anticipating Christmas Um, as a child in the church, that I was already anticipating that. And so I think the practices around Advent helped me anticipate Christmas, but I really think I was an adult before anyone mentioned or maybe before I listened to uh, the message on we're also anticipating the second coming which um, that, that, that reality that the world is not as it should be and we await Christ's return is such a needed message right now. Um, Ellen or Dee, do you want to add anything to our Advent uh, discussion? What is it?
0: I knew it growing up as a season that was different. Yeah. I couldn't really articulate what the difference was, but I knew things were different in church. The uh, pyramids switched to purple, I knew that. And um, there was a sense of, like you had said, anticipation. Um, There was a, we just marked it differently. Different songs, um, different patterns in worship. And so that made an impression on me without my really understanding the whole story as Jonathan has described it right Good um, also
1: think that you know the church really focuses on the Sundays leading up to it. So you know Dee, being in the local church, when when do you start this and how many do we get and what what is that like shaped in a, a worship setting in a local church?
3: Um, I mean in the local church it's certainly um, a balance between, Um, You know, people are very excited about Christmas and they want to decorate and celebrate Christmas for a whole month, um, even longer. Um, I mean, here in Lexington, a radio station started playing Christmas music on October 1st this year. I don't know if any of you noticed that. Um, But uh, but also that idea that it's really not Christmas yet. Um, and so we're, we're still in this season of anticipation and waiting. So there's a, there's a bouncing act with that. And I probably, in my first year or two at this church, I came in maybe a little heavy, um, (laughs) a little, little hard nosed about Advent. Um, and there's still some things that we will, we will toe the line on uh, in terms of what worship looks like. But of course we're going to decorate early on so that we can, um, enjoy the decorations. Of course, we're going to, you know, have the candles out, um, But I have found that I, every year, still turn back to the lectionary um, and rely on those texts as a way to keep us rooted in the tradition of Advent, Um, because those texts do not allow you to waver into Christmas. Um, (laughs) Those texts really keep you rooted in uh, what, you know, the definition I love is from Fleming Rutledge, a book she released a few years ago. It's kind of become my text on Advent the last few years, but she calls it the time between, right? Mm -hmm. It's the time between when Jesus came in flesh and when Jesus will come again in glory. And that is, that is Advent. We live in this time between, and those texts really help to locate the church in that time. Um, And so even if, you know, a little bit of Christmas comes into worship or some of our, um, you know, fellowship events, which this year aren't many, um, the text of worship, Still keep us rooted in the rhythm um, of Advent and the meaning of Advent. Yeah,
1: that's great. I love that you mentioned the early celebrations of Christmas because, um, recording this in 2020, as we are, it seems like people are so eager to get to Christmas, to have something to celebrate, something bright, some bright place in what's been a hard year for a lot of people. And so, yes, things are going up earlier and earlier. And I don't know if that'll reverse next year or not, or if people will just think, you know, October 1st is when we start listening to Christmas music. Why not? Um, thinking about people who are just so longing to celebrate and longing for the Christmas season, what, what is the difference, um, either practically or, you know, what, what's the difference for us in the way it impacts us in being people who celebrate an early Christmas and people who lean into Advent. What do you think the implications are for folks that do one or the other? Or maybe as Dee mentioned, there's a way to kind of combine a little bit, bringing in the um, some of the beloved traditions of Christmas, even as we lean into Advent. So talk to us as a, a people who are really eager for something to celebrate this year. What's the difference between being Christmas celebration and Advent celebration people?
3: Well, I'll, I'll say that I think, I mean, Advent is still a celebration, right? I mean, it's, yes, there's longing and there's waiting, but we are, we are celebrating what God has done and, and, we are remem- and we are celebrating what God will do. So there's still an element of celebration, even within the Advent. It's just not the lights and the bows and the, you know, big meals yet, really. I mean, right. So um, it's, it's still a celebration and, and the celebration then is rooted in hope. And of course, hope is one of the big words around Advent. Um, you know, I think the first week of Advent is centered on hope, typically, um, the candle. Um, but that is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that as, as a people of God, we have a living hope. And so even though there is a longing, and yes, there is kind of this waiting in the waters of the time between, we're still celebrating because we are a people of hope. Um, and so we can sit in the longing because we have hope, um, and we can celebrate that. And so I think that's a way to kind of maybe balance the two. Yeah.
0: That's good. It, it may be along with, I think, what Dee is saying, it it really, I think sometimes the, the, the church or the Christian community can, um, can shift people's focus, um, not completely away from the glitter and the bells and the whistles, but more in the direction of, okay, let's celebrate, let's really sink into some qualities of who Jesus is. They also end up being gifts to us, the hope, faith, joy, love, peace. Um, But the, the focus again is these things that are eternal, these things that matter, these things that if we stop and take a breath, most folks would say, that is what I'm longing for. That would be the greatest gift to receive. Um, I think sometimes it's really helpful for testimonies at this point Mm -hmm. in the church year to, to, to hear from somebody who, if you looked at their life on paper, would have absolutely no reason to live in hope. And there could be a million scenarios for that. We've experienced a lot of those this year. Mm-hmm. And yet they have a testimony of hope. It takes us mm-hmm. below the surface. And um, Garrison Keeler tells a great story in Curry Home Companion um, on an old radio show that um, that, we're shifting toward the true light and away from more artificial light and testimonies have a way of doing that. Somebody, somebody talking about what real joy is or what does, what is peace? Is it really just the lack of anxiety or is there something much, much deeper that somebody can, can testify to that points us toward who Christ is and, and what we can count on mm-hmm. um, from him since we're, we're connected with him. So uh, I think it's a shift of focus, but again, like Dee said, not away from celebrating, but just looking at different things to celebrate.
2: Yeah. yeah um, and I think we're, you know, when, we're, when we're coming into the church, the shift of focus, I really, I really appreciate that and how we invite people into that. You know, Advent was was first formulated for the church calendar as a um, as a mini Lent. So the season of Lent and Easter, you know, those were the first seasons to really get solidified in the church calendar. Advent comes along later. You know, it wasn't a group that just sat down and hammered out the church calendar in one sitting. These things came over um, a long period of time, and so Advent was a way to prepare again this preparation for Christmas and for Epiphany, especially. Because baptisms tended to take place on Epiphany and on um, or the Baptism of the Lord Sunday, and on Easter, and so Advent was another preparation time, like Lent, mm-hmm. to say we're preparing our hearts, we're simplifying. It's time of penitence. Um, Something and so there, there's a there's a way to shift our focus towards those things as well in this time, to say the the celebration is okay, but don't forget these things as well. And and as as D was even saying the lectionary passages really force us into that. Um, they, they make us stop and think and, and uh, look at the world and look at ourselves. Um, and um, yeah, I'm gonna kind of take a sidestep from that for just a second. Um, so I think the most annoying Christmas song out there, I think there's a lot of annoying Christmas songs, but one of the most annoying one is the one that says, oh, I need a little Christmas right this very minute. I need a little Christmas now, you know, um, I get it in one, on on one hand, you know, like that's a good thing. We need Christ. And that's not what they're talking about in that song just for the record. Um, but, um, yeah, we could say there's something good about that, you know, keep Christmas with you all through the year as Sesame street would say. Um, but, but there's, a um, there's a sense of, of, um, our consumeristic culture, our, um, our, our, lack of simplicity or lack of waiting um the instant gratification like to me that's what that song riles up you know um and um and and advent is the opposite of that it's it's no we have to wait we have you know we we long for this and here in 2020 it's really interesting because we're not going to have the christmas parties we're not going to be able to celebrate early like we usually do we're not going to have the office christmas parties we're not going to have the friends gatherings and things like that well i i assume you know um, for the most part, those are going to be a lot, um, decrease, a lot more, um, the number of those will decrease drastically this year. Um, and so we're kind of forced into Advent in a new way, um, having to wait until Christmas to really celebrate Christmas. Now we can listen to music and that can be fine. That can feed our anticipation. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, we can hang up the stockings, you know, um, and, uh, uh, there's something fine about that. Feed our anticipation. I don't think there's anything wrong with feeding our anticipation, but um, but there's something too about stepping back and saying, but but there's still simplicity. I want to recognize the longing. I'm going to live in a time of fasting in a way, whatever that looks like, of abstinence and fasting, as I prepare for um, prepare for Christmas, prepare um, and uh, and for the celebration. Um, and we can invite the church into that to say no, we're not telling you don't listen to the radio. You know, don't listen to mix 94.5 Mary mixmas. You know, you can't, uh, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to tell you don't decorate your house. Um, But I I am going to say what are some practices like Lent? What are some things you can take on as Ellen was saying that help draw out these virtues that help draw us to Christ. It's not just about the virtues, but draw us to Christ, help us focus on Christ and live into that divine life, that these virtues might be produced within us yeah. um, through that. And so um, Advent is a great time for that. And, and we can live in that tension, as we've been saying. That tension's a good thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, and and uh, it might actually be a beneficial thing to us um, as as we, uh, as we prepare for Christmas, but learn to live in that in-between space as Dee was saying.
0: Yeah,
1: so good. I love that you mentioned practices that we can participate in. Um, and so I, you know, that kind of leads me to wondering what are some practices that we can lean into during this season? And and maybe at what are some wonderful things you have experienced that the church does corporately? And also, what are some things we can do in our homes or with our families or friends Um, What are the things that you sort of hold on to that make Advent meaningful and um, or would encourage other people to try this year?
3: When our kids uh, were small, well, we still have some small ones, but the boys who are big now um, when they were smaller, um, we, you know, had these bedtime routines um, about reading and just kind of you know, going through different things and praying. Um, And then really all year long, I would find some little song to sing that matched whatever time of the year we were in for the church calendar. Of course, they didn't know that. Um, But (laughs) I knew that. And during Advent, that was easy, right? Because you can sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, There's not that many Advent songs. But um, that was one thing that during Advent especially, but year, really year round that I found helped keep me centered, but also was just something that I hoped was um, kind of being embedded into, into who they are. Um, that the, just the, even just the song that we sing before we go to bed um, kind of carries a deeper meaning and connects mm-hmm. us to a larger story of what's going on around us. Um, so that's something that we, uh, that we have done in the past. And like I said, those boys don't want to singing to them anymore. Um, they're 13 and 11. Um, but we still have a six year old who likes to cuddle and uh, of course we're fostering a baby. And so we have him as well. Uh, but that's something that's always been uh, really meaningful to us.
0: Yeah. As a, as somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm just immersed in words and, you know, do a lot of reading and, you know, just trying to cover all this material. Um, I usually will choose something very, very different for, uh, just to slow me down. Uh, even if it means reading poetry, heaven forbid, but a lot of times I will read poetry. I've found some poets that I really enjoy that are, um, wonderful at capturing the different liturgical seasons. And I read it out loud, um, which you know, if someone was walking by the house and everyone stole my cats kind of go, huh. but it slows me down. It's, it such a rushed time, or at least we think it should be somehow automatically. We need to be in kind of a hyper drive, hyper mode. Um, I, I have an advent wreath. I light that candle. Yeah. Um, I, it just is really important for me to do things differently. I will usually choose a different room, a different chair um, for my morning, quiet, more meditative time, just to mark, this is a different season. And um, there's an element of listening that needs to happen in Advent. There's an element of, of waiting Um, so those types of, of changes and reading things out loud to slow me down, especially poetry, or I will also read the, um, Advent and Christmas hymns and the verses out loud. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful theology, great, you know, revisiting of the biblical narrative, but it's, it's always something different and to mark this season as different.
1: Mm -hmm. I've always loved the advent wreath, you know, even as a, as a kid in church, um, just seeing something different up there, um, whether the colors changed or, um, just the beauty of the candles. And so as an adult, I've always tried to have one in my home and even, you know, before kids, um, but kids certainly appreciate anything with fire, right? Like anything they get to, even if they just get to blow out a candle, that's a pretty big deal that's been a big deal in our house. Um, And just like quick side story, I always felt kind of bad for the Christ candle, right? Like it has to wait for so long and it only gets lit for Christmas Eve for the, you know, just that one night. So uh, when we got married, uh, Jim and I wanted to do a unity candle. And so we actually used the Christ candle from our church, from the Advent wreath, as our unity candle, which I, you know, theology nerd, I had all kinds of implications there. Only when we got to that point in the wedding, this, this Christ candle was so old. It had been burned down for so many Christmas Eves that it would not light. The, um, the wick was kind of buried in the wax. And that's a, that's a pretty bad symbol in the middle of your wedding, if you can't get your unity going. Um, So the pastor actually had to like take the candle down and help us like dry out the wick and then light. us so it was cute like talk about anticipation and then relief um so i always think about that with with the christ candle in churches just a word of warning to the other theology nerds out there if you think that's a good idea But um, I also always loved, you know, little advent calendars. Um, My mom had one with little doors on it and little things that would come out of those doors. We have, we have one that my husband's grandmother sewed for him as a child. And it has all these little figures that get pinned onto a felt background. Some of them are falling apart. They're so old, but um, just the tradition of getting that out and seeing seeing something grow over this period for me is very meaningful, like whether it's light, um, whether it's something being added, whether it's little pieces of chocolate that you take out of a calendar. But um, I do think it's interesting the number of Advent calendars that are for sale now that I'm not sure people know what Advent is, you know, a Lego calendar, a wine calendar. Um, so whatever that is, just make sure that it is some means of anticipating Christ and really helping that tradition, like grow in anticipation, grow in longing. We can't wait to get to that last little piece of that old Advent, um, calendar because it's a star, you know, and we get to see it finally on the top of this little felt Christmas tree that hangs on our wall. Um, what, what else maybe church or home traditions?
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking, um, in three categories, um, ecclesial, like church, um, home and personal and ecclesially, you know, when, we, when we're talking about the church, the songs that we sing are really important doing the advent, right. uh, readings. Um, I think a different prayer focus. Um, maybe it's not a time that we do a lot of intercession for the world, um, or, or, or speak out very specifically about injustice and oppression and where we're waiting for christ to come in and set all things right but there's some great guided prayers out there you can write prayers but but really say we're going to take an intense time over this next four weeks to pray for the world and to pray for christ's rule and reign to come right i mean in a way christ the king sunday is an end to the church year but it also kicks off advent it's kind of the turning point to advent um and so we're going to pray for this. We're going to, we're really going to lean into that. And I think it's a great thing for the church to do, um, to, uh, you know, be artwork. Um, what, what is some artwork you can do about longing expectation things like that that can help us live into that. Um, the music, uh, maybe even simplifying music. I mean, maybe that's going to be natural because all your seminary students just left town. And so you don't have any musicians. So you got to sing acapella. Um, or just a guitar or something, you know, but maybe scaling it back, you know, just as a way to, to focus on simplicity. But also to remember, you know, the third week of Advent is joy. It's the pink candle, which symbolizes joy. And that comes, you know, that was actually a Lenten in practice itself as well. The fourth Sunday of Lent was, um, was a rose, not we say pink, but it's really rose, um, because it, it symbolized the joy that's in the midst of mm-hmm. um, longing, anticipation, simplicity, um, penitence, all of that. There's, we are never without joy. We are never a people without joy. And so the church very intentionally put that right in the middle of the season on, on, in both seasons to say, we need to remember that we are a people of joy. And so in the midst of the season, we don't forget to, to look at joy. And so that's, that's a way we discipline ourselves and practice, um, can practice as well. Um, so sing joy to the world on that Sunday. It's actually about the second coming. Isaac Watts wrote about the second coming, not about Christmas. So, right. you know, trick them think they're singing a Christmas song. <laughs> they're actually singing an Advent song. Um, so, um, you know, things like that. And just a side note, say you're in a church where you're just like, we, I can't do Advent. Like they're not going to, you know, they're going to say this is too Catholic or they're going to say this is too, too liturgical. That's not us. Again, just be covert about it. Just say, for the next four weeks, as we prepare for Christmas, we're going to say some of these prayers, or we're going to sing some of these songs that help us prepare for Christmas. You're talking about Advent, you just didn't use the word, you know. Um, But introduce those practices slowly and intentionally to say, you know, this is about Um, anticipating Christ just as people did long ago and just as we do now in his second coming. So we're going to sing some songs about that. We're going to pray about this. You don't have to say anything about Advent, um, just ways to do it. So there's some ecclesial things in the home for us. It's been, you know, the Advent calendar, um, uh, or the, the, yeah, the taking the chocolates out or Audrey has a little thing. Our oldest daughter has a little, um, thing that she gets to shift through the calendar to count down for Christmas. Um, It's it's like a sewn thing. You don't get any candy or anything like that, but just kind of move it. And she loves doing that and doing her countdown. Um, We tend to uh, where we'll read a lot of story, like Bible stories and things throughout the year. We really try to do a lot of the ones focused around Christ um, during Advent um, and uh, in his life, um, rather than some of the other you know, great stories in the in the Bible that are in those children's Bibles, children's books. Um, uh, we, uh, the Advent wreath around the, around the dinner table. So usually a prayer or something like that, um, that will do. So th- those kinds of practices. And on a personal note, um, a few things that I have done over the last, well, I was gonna say a few years, but this has been over a decade now that I've done this is, um, just for my own personal time, um, personal reading time and things. Um, I have tried to either read to the entire new Testament during Advent. So I'll put together a plan where I break up the whole new Testament and read to the whole new Testament during Advent um, or uh, the, the gospels. If I'm not going to do the whole new Testament, I'll at least do the gospels. But um, most of the time, I'd say 10 out of the last 12 years, I've done the whole new Testament. Um, and a couple times only done the gospels this year. I'm actually just planning to do the gospels again. Um, Cause I've, I've been doing that practice anyway. I just want to kind of keep that. And so something about that focused on the life of Christ and um, living into that. Um, but with that, even when I only do the gospels every Christmas, re- every Christmas Eve, I read the book of revelation because we're talking about Christ's second coming and this anticipation in the coming of Christ and all this. Um, uh, despite all the parts of revelation that we just don't get the parts there that, tell us about the, the assurances and promises we have of the, the the new heavens, the new earth, especially coming to the end there are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I find it to be a, a, an amazing practice and love doing it. So I read the book of Revelation every Christmas Eve. And then another Christmas Eve practice is I read a Christmas carol by um, Charles Dickens. Um, so those two things I, I spend Christmas Eve doing and a Christmas carol, not only cause it's a great story, not, only because I love it, um, I think it's one of the best stories ever written. Um, I do it because it's a reminder to me every Christmas Eve that um, when we under, when we truly understand redemption, it produces gratitude within us, and that gratitude that we have for the redemption that we have received bears fruit in our lives, um, and it keeps it keeps it in the right focus too. It's not I do all these things that earns me. The salvation you know i've been give i've been granted redemption i respond with gratitude and that produces the fruit of good works in my life and i see that with scrooge with ebenezer scrooge i think he's one of the greatest characters of fiction to ever be written mm-hmm. and um it is a good reminder to me every year i want to usher in the new year in a way um at least you know beginning with christmas yeah. um every every advent or every christmas eve with that, and so that just personal practices that I do. There's tons of other great things that anybody could do, but just to kind of say these are things some things that I've done.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love the the thought of spiritual practices that help us lean into it, and we think of that often during Lent and that season of preparation. But this is just as much a chance to do a season of personal preparation. Maybe this year more than ever. Um, a chance to lean into those. Okay, this is this is the lightning round. So um, this is gonna be, th- I'll give you a second to think about it. In one sentence, what do you love about Advent? This is before we move into our last question, but in one sentence, what do you love about Advent? And I'm gonna start with D. Merricks because in the last month that I have been around you, I think I've heard you say twice, man, I love Advent. And uh, just talking about what was coming. And so I knew that you needed to be in this conversation, but also I just, I want to know why. So if you can get that into one, maybe run on sentence, um, starting with D, what do you love about Advent?
3: One of the things that I love about Advent, I love a lot of things about Advent, um, but as a preacher, I love the challenge of Advent. Mm-hmm. Um the challenge of the text, the challenge of preaching, uh, keep watch, be ready. Um, those are really challenging passages to preach. I love the themes. I love what they evoke, um, and, and and so you know the fact that they're so rooted in me. You know I have internalized them over the years to an extent where I know these stories so well, these these passages so well. But yet there's a challenge every year. To, to preach them um, in a way that helps them come alive, you know, here and now, right? Because, I mean, I can't pull out, you know, lectionary C and do it again, right? When we're, well, we're year B but um, anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't go back into the file, right? Because preaching is, is taking the text and preaching it in the here and the now. And so that's one of the things that I love um, right. as a preacher, being able to, to preach the text every year.
1: Great. Love it. All right, Ellen Marmon, what do you love about Advent?
0: I first quickly, since Dee took more than one sentence, can I just say after hearing what Jonathan does on Christmas Eve, my tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life feels a little lame, but um, that's, that's neither here nor there. I, I love the call to slow down and pay attention. During a season that is frenetic mm-hmm. and is crazy with activity, I love the the call to slow down. Awesome,
1: Jonathan Powers. How about you?
2: I agree with everything that Ellen and D have said. For me, um, a big part of it is it's where we live. It simply it, it acknowledges where we are. Um, we are between the two comings of Christ. And there's a lot in our world that, um, that is still a reality because we are between those two and it, it invites us, it helps us, and it challenges us to acknowledge what all that means.
1: Awesome. I would say for me, um, you know, in a season when the world seems to be celebrating many people without knowing why, just for a reason to celebrate, I love the deepening reason why we anticipate, why we celebrate. And I love that Advent calls us into a deeper understanding so that we're really ready. You know, we're, we're pregnant with Christ before Christ is, is born. And it really gives us that season of anticipating um, and wondering and longing. Um, just lastly, 2020. Advent 2020. Why, why do we need it more than ever this year? This is a year where we have had just such a strange year, most of us, and we've watched the world go through very hard things politically, socially, um, and health-wise, uh, in terms of our structures and in terms of our behaviors, everything is different. So why do we need Advent more than ever this year?
2: One of the central cries of Advent, you know, we said it's a coming. And so we're looking back to Christ's coming and looking forward to a second coming. Mm-hmm. So one of the the standard cries of Advent is come Lord Jesus. Okay. And I think we feel that at a deeper level than perhaps we ever have as a world right now. Like you said, even people that don't know, they, they feel it inside. They can't articulate it. Maybe they don't understand who Jesus is or know, know Jesus, but um, they feel it. And um again, Advent is, is that space where we can really make that cry and is, is giving us that, that freedom to do it. And, um, and, and we are reminded at a, at a deeper level ever than ever before, for those of us, um, of today, um, that, um, uh, that, that, that is a, an important cry. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I think, um, I think as, as the church, we need to help shepherd people in that.
1: Good.
0: I love that. Eleanor, do you want to add anything? And just very specifically in maybe one um, experience that so many people have shared this year, the the unthinkable scenario of not being able to be with loved ones while they're sick and when they're dying, mm-hmm. so here comes the hope and and the truth of the incarnation mm-hmm. that those people are not alone. That we we serve a God who who lives and breathes and um, is with us yeah. is with us mm-hmm. that that might be more important to fully understand now than ever before.
3: Yeah. Powerful. Mm, That was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think in some ways 2020, most of 2020 has we've been in Advent. Mm. Um, we've been waiting, longing, hoping for things to be different. Um, And now we finally have a season that gives language to all of these feelings that we've been feeling all year long. So even though we have been voicing it probably already, uh, you know, since March, we finally have a season that identifies acutely with where we are um, this year. And so I think Advent this year can help. For those who haven't had time to reflect, haven't had time to slow down and deal with those feelings, I think Advent can give us that this year in a way that it hasn't before. Um, it can give us the vocabulary, the language, uh, give us permission to feel um, where we, maybe we haven't um, the rest of the year. And not only that, but then it also gives us the hope. Um, so, you know, the great line from the line The Witch in the Wardrobe is It's always winter and never Christmas. Mm. And that's Kind of felt like the pandemic a little bit, um, so it's always been Advent and never Christmas. Well, now it's Advent and it will be Christmas, and so we can we can really live into that um, this year.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love that the the world of waiting has um, lots of reasons to wait this year. We're all anticipating. So, what a what a season to cap off 2020. I mean, it's so needed uh, for all of us. Um, This has been really helpful for me today, and I really hope that those who are able to worship with us, watch this video, um, have picked up some things that they want to be incorporated in their own Advent season this year. Um, I'm going to ask for Ellen to close us in prayer, and then I'll um, let you know kind of what's next in the worship service. So Ellen, do you mind praying for us? Not at all. Thank you.
0: Father, thank you for the opportunity to have a good, rich conversation with brothers and sisters. And while we we do feel on some level that it has been nine months of Advent, we are more grateful than we can say for the assurance of promises kept in the past, in the present and in the future. Holy Spirit, help us guide our faces toward Jesus so that we can enter into the fullness of this season. We pray in hope and hope that will not be disappointed. Amen.